Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, all. Again, I didn't get to say much in the beginning, and Happy New Year. I'm very excited to uh, see all your faces and uh, have the opportunity to share what God put on my heart. And, you know, normally in the beginning of a new year, I think, I think I may have done this last new year too. And I typically don't like to follow the trend of new year, new you, new you, because I feel like as Jared mentioned earlier, it's very cliche. Um, and so I was, when he asked if I would speak this morning, I was trying to think of, you know, what I was going to talk about and really just praying about it. And during my morning devotions a couple weeks ago, God put a verse on my heart. And as soon as I read the verse, I was like, all right, it's going to be one of those for the new year. So, um, you know, I feel like this is kind of a different swing on it, but you know, I think it can never hurt to kind of re-examine ourselves in the beginning of a new year. Um, so I just want to start by reading that verse and then we'll kind of get into it. So, um, it's first Corinthians two, two, and it's for, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so I have given this message a title just because I like to do that. And it's called The Obtainable Resolution. And one of our greatest traditions of a new year is making or thinking about making a resolution. It's something that we're all familiar with. You start a new year and you begin to think about, you know, what changes do you want to make for that new year? Even just this past weekend, I was in the car with my niece and she was like, oh no, Aunt Heather, I haven't made my new year's resolution yet. And she goes, what, what should I wish for? Like, what should I hope for? And so we kind of went through this process of talking about resolutions and the importance of them. And uh, I just thought that was kind of cool to have that conversation with her. But the thing about resolutions is that we make these or think about making these goals and we have full hope that we will succeed in them. And then we approach towards the uh, you know, beginning of February, mid-February, and we find that our resolution has been broken because we decided we wanted to eat junk food or exercising is too cold in the winter or whatever it may be. And oftentimes by then we've also set a second or third resolution and also have failed at those. And it's not for lack of trying, but we also find that we tend to put a greater expectation on ourselves than we can possibly pull off on our own. And so we set these large expectations, but oftentimes don't put a plan in place for them. There's this great, this great quote that I found by Helen Keller, and it says this, the marvelous richness of human experience would lose something of rewarding joy if there were no limitations to overcome. The hilltop hour would not be half so wonderful if there were no dark valleys to traverse. And I think that's true because if we didn't have challenges in our lives, if we didn't have things to overcome, as much as we would like to see the world be easy and things around us just be so simple, um, you know, we would kind of lose the excitement of the world around us and the challenge of life if everything just came so easy to us. And so I think it's important for us to have those challenges to overcome. It's important for us to have those goals set for ourselves so that we can move forward in that. But a lot of times we find in our year, as we start a new year, that the old year is still pulling us backwards. The stuff that happened in last year doesn't necessarily just go away. A lot of times we start a new year, so we're starting 2021, 
And really the only thing that has changed from December 31st to January 1st is that the calendar has changed and you know that there's a different date and the clock is different this year. But the problems that faced us in 2020, which were a lot, um, you know, they still kind of creep into 2021. And so not to focus on the bad, but I just want to review some of those things, some of the big things that we've seen happen this year or last year in 2020, like the wildfires in Australia. When I was thinking about this, it seems like a lifetime ago. We've been through so much this year that when you think about those wildfires, they seem almost like they were years ago because there's been so much that happened this year. But in Australia, there were thousands of acres of land that were destroyed, animals um, that died in these fires. And I don't know about you, but I, I watched multiple videos of people rescuing little koalas and um, kangaroos. I particularly liked one. I'm just going to share this with you. Like this one video of this guy who parked along the side of the road and he was putting koalas in his car and then he's giving them bottles of water and they're holding them with their little hands and it was adorable. Anyway, so that was something that happened this year. We also had the chemical plant explosion that happened not uh, too long ago. Um, and I believe that was, that was West Virginia, I think that happened, wasn't it? Somewhere, I don't know, there was, anyway. Um, and then we saw the Black Lives Movement that took full force over the news and all around us. We watched as protests happened, as riots were breaking out. We watched news reports of innocent men, women, and children who were losing their lives just because of the color of their skin. Um, and, you know, we watched it all over the news and it reminded us that racism is still very, a, uh, you know, a very prominent thing in our world today. And I wish that I could say that was the end of it. That was the end of all that happened in 2020, but we all know that COVID-19 happened and it completely turned our world upside down to where we're meeting on Zoom calls because we can't be in person, we wanna be safe. Um, we heard news reports of so many people dying, of people being sick, of lives being turned upside down, people losing jobs, and it changed the world as we had known it. You know, this time last year, COVID-19 was, you know, kind of whispers of overseas, but wasn't really here, and we didn't really think it was going to happen, and, and here we are with our world just kind of being turned upside down. And just because the clock struck midnight doesn't mean that all of that goes away. I wish we had the power of Thanos and Avengers where we could just snap our fingers and suddenly it was all gone, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way. Australia is still rebuilding, um, still trying to you know clean up after those fires. Investigations will still continue to happen on to why uh, that chemical explosion happened and how they can prevent it from um, happening in the future. Racism is still a very prominent thing in our country, even though the news reports have died down. It's still there. It's still happening. It's something that still needs to change. And even though there's now a vaccine that is starting to circulate for COVID, it's still affecting our lives. It's still changing, you know, how we interact with people and what, what we can and can't do. And the only way to move forward from the past, to move forward from this past year, from things in your past, is if we take a fresh approach, a fresh look at things and see them from a different perspective, to see them from a positive perspective, to know that we aren't who we were. Jared mentioned this earlier, you know, who we were at the beginning of 2020 is not who we are at 2021. And it's important to remember that we aren't who we were. We've learned some things that we didn't know. 
we've spoken out on things that matter to us. We've had a voice. We've, you know, made sure that people know that we agree or don't agree with certain things. We've made choices and changes to how we live. We can deal with things now from a new perspective, and we've learned that we aren't alone. That's one thing that 2020 taught me is that it's important to lean on each other, to rely on each other. In a year that has been pretty lonely, when we've all had to separate ourselves in our homes, it's been really important to rely on each other and know that we're not alone, that we have God on our side, but we also have each other on our side. And so going into resolutions, I think it's important to uh, make sure that we know exactly what it means, what resolution means. So I wanted to break it down by taking a look at the root word, which is resolve. And the best way to do that is to look at Webster's Dictionary, which I can remember when I was a kid and I didn't know what a word would mean. My mom would always be, uh, go get the dictionary. And now, thank you to Google, it's easy as just typing in a word. But I can remember like flipping through this giant dictionary trying to find a word and I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. So Webster's Dictionary describes the word resolve as this, a decision as to future action. We resolve to do such and such. Resolve to reach a decision or intention, to have or show a fixed purpose, to show a fixed firm purpose to be determined. In making a resolution, we are deciding upon a certain action or end result. That action or end result is our responsibility to complete. I'm going to say that again. In making a resolution, we are deciding upon a certain action or end result. That action or end result is our responsibility to complete. And we can see examples of this in the Bible. And that's one thing I love about the Bible. You know, it could have very easily been that God created the Ten Commandments. He put them in a book for us and he said, all right, here's one through ten. Live this way. End of story. Just do it. But instead, we have this book, this instruction manual that gives us not only the roadmap for our lives, what we should and shouldn't do, but there's also real life examples of people who went through this, who can show us you know, the struggles that they had and how we can use it as an example for our lives. And I just love that God was so intentional um, and loved us so much that he didn't want to just say, here's one through 10. He wanted to say, you know what, here's this guy. He struggled through it and he overcame it. You know, here's this woman who, you know, was really dealing with this, but she overcame it. And I just love that he cares about us so much to give us the Bible. And so I wanted to take some of the um, resolutions from a few people in the Bible and just kind of review them um, as we go forward here. So the first is found, now there's going to be several verses and I, they're kind of like just small verses, so you don't have to turn to them. I'll read them because um, there's just several little passages that we're going to go through here. So the first one is Psalms 17.3. And in this David's prayer, he confidently resolves, though you probe my heart and examine me at night, Though you test me, you will find nothing. I have resolved that my mouth will not sin. So his resolve is to remain right with God. He's telling God, you know, you, I want you to examine me. I want you to look at me. I want you to see, is there anything in my heart that is not right with you? He's being very intentional. Check my heart. I'm checking my heart. God, examine me. And that's tough. How often do we do that? How often do we on a daily basis say, God, take a look at my heart. Is there something that's not right with you? Is there something that, you know, I'm, I'm holding against you? Is there something that's just not right? Maybe I'm holding on to bitterness or 
you know, I'm not forgiving someone. Maybe I'm holding on to bad habits, whatever it is. How often do we, I can say, I don't do it on a daily basis where I'm like, God, check my heart on a daily basis. That's encouraging. He's God, I want to be right with you. Check me on a daily basis. Check my heart. Make sure there's nothing there. And then in Daniel 1.8, Daniel demonstrates courage of his own conviction when he resolved not to defile himself with the royal food or wine. And then he goes to the chief official and asks permission to not have to eat this food or drink this wine because he wants to stay connected to his beliefs. How often, again, do we, when we're struggling with something, when there's something that is a conviction to us, how often do we, you know, put boundaries in place to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable and not just holding ourselves accountable, but asking those around us to help hold us accountable for things that are convictions of our heart are our beliefs. And that was Daniel's resolve there. And then we see Paul in 1 Corinthians 2.2, which was the one that kind of inspired this whole thing. He says, I resolved to know nothing while I'm with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul is making a point that he wants to tell others about Jesus and about his relationship with Jesus. He doesn't want it to be a time of show where he's, you know, flaunting his knowledge and, you know, the fact that he really knew Jesus and that he had this incredible relationship with Jesus. He wants people to see the relationship of Jesus, not his knowledge, not his power, not his wisdom, but he's making it very evident that he wants people to know who Jesus was in him and share that with others. In 1 Chronicles 28, 7, God told David that his son Solomon's kingdom will be established forever if he is resolute in carrying out God's commands and laws. And then one of the greatest resolutions of all in Luke 9, 51, even though Jesus knew what was about to happen, he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew that he was going to have to sacrifice his life. He was a human man. We've talked about this in the last two weeks. You know, he came to earth as a human. Could he have just turned around and been like, you know what? I don't know that I want to die. I don't know that I want to do this. This is scary. Sure, he could have, but instead he knew what he had to do. So he made a a resolution. He said, you know what? I'm going to go forward with this because this is the plan and the purpose that God has for me. And when we make a resolution, we are writing a life changing experience that is waiting for completion. I'll say that again. When we make a resolution, we are writing a life changing experience that is waiting for completion. Most of the time, our resolutions are pretty nonsensical, things that won't make a difference one way or another if they're forgotten or failed. However, there are many times where we resolve to do things that can change our lives and change our way of thinking. You know, perhaps it's the uh, resolve to lose weight, to get into better shape, to live a healthier lifestyle, to get a better job, to be a better friend, daughter, um, child, wife, husband, to you know, change our attitudes, to be a better person. And we work really hard at it. And the excess weight comes off. You know, we're running, we're exercising, we're feeling better about ourselves. And we may not get a better job, but perhaps we get a better attitude about our job and about the position we're in. And our relationships that we're striving to work on become better, become stronger. We find forgiveness, we find healing in those relationships. It's all about attitude and having a better attitude about it. I can remember a couple years ago, 
um, Jared and I kind of took a different approach on a New Year's resolution. And so we decided, um, I don't know, it was like three, three, four years ago, I guess it was. And we decided that we were going to declare it a year of faith. And so what we did is in our old house, we had a chalkboard in our kitchen and we wrote down five things that we really felt like God put on our heart to pray about and just believe for. And so every day when we would walk into our kitchen and we really encouraged our kids to do the same, we would pray for these five things and just truly believe that it was a year of faith and a year for God to show himself to us through these five areas. And I'll admit I was a little skeptical at first because they were five really big things. I mean, one of them was buying a house, which um, just because of years of, of debt and just financial issues, we never thought it was possible. And so I thought, you know, I'll pray about it, but I doubt it's going to happen because that's a, that's a big ask. Um, but we watched that year as God answered every single one of those prayers that we had. And it was about our attitude and about just believing and putting it outside of ourselves and knowing that God had control of that. There was also another year, um, it was shortly after we moved into this house that I can remember, uh, and I've shared this before, I was putting away groceries, I just gone grocery shopping, and I was putting away groceries in the kitchen, and I was getting so frustrated in the fact that there was no room for my food, that my refrigerator was full, there was nowhere else to put anything, my pantry was full, the cabinets were full, cans were falling out on the floor, and I can remember just sitting on the floor, putting away groceries, and just being like, Oh, this is so frustrating. I have no room for my groceries. And I can remember in that moment feeling so convicted and the Holy Spirit speaking to me and being like, really, you're going to complain about having too much food? And, and it was just this moment of, wow, like I, I can't believe that I'm so focused on complaining about having too much when there are people that are hungry or there are people, you know, I should be feeling blessed. And so in that moment, I made the decision to spend the rest of that year being thankful. And so that was my resolution for the year to find, um, to be thankful and to find ways to be thankful in even the most frustrating and irritating situations. So when I'm frustrated at work, God, thank you that I at least have a job, that I have a paycheck, um, you know, and just being very intentional. And it changed my perspective on a lot of things in those moments of frustration when I was really intentional about being thankful instead of griping or complaining. And our attitude can often make a big difference in our resolutions. There's this um, insert that I found. It's from, he's a missionary. His name is Frank Laubach, um, and he's from the 1930s, and he um, journaled all of his life. And this was just something I found in my research, and I want to read it to you. It was dated from January 3rd, 1930, and he wrote this. I resolved that I would succeed better this year with my experiment of filling every minute full of the thought of God. If I do, then I have succeeded last year. I will succeed more than I succeeded. It makes quite a statement. It's positive. It's active. It's alive with fulfillment of promise. The action of the resolution is taken to heart. And God honors that resolve. What we have accomplished, what we have just thought was a dream to now become just partially. And in that, there is one more thing that we are called to do. And that's something that I learned that year. And that's to give thanks to God, to be thankful. The perseverance, the resolute way 
in which our resolution is completed is accomplished as a result of our obedience to God and allowing him to lead us to our resolution. I'm going to say that again because it's a lot. The perseverance, the resolute way in which our resolution is completed is accomplished as a result of our obedience to God and allowing him to lead us to our resolution. And we can't do this alone. That's why we have to lean on God and we have to lean on each other. And another thing I love about the Bible is when there's a lesson, he also helps us to know the next steps. What are the next steps that we need to take? What are those action points? It's not just, again, step one through 10, figure it out on your own. It's here's someone else who lived through this. Here's the example. Here's how you can move forward with this. And Paul gives us very clear directions in Colossians 3, 5 through 17. It's a pretty long passage, so I'm just going to kind of give you some highlights of it. But I would encourage you um, to read that passage because it's really powerful and it's a great uh, passage to use to start off a new year. So again, it's Colossians 3, 5 through 17, and here are just some highlights from it. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And then he closes his thought with an encouragement that outshines any result for resolutions we could have ever thought or imagined. And he says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God, the father through him. Resolutions are made so that in the outcome, we are a better person. If we made resolutions that would harm ourselves and it wouldn't be a good way to start a new year, but resolutions are made so that in the outcome, we are a better person. I personally want to resolve to be this person that Paul describes in here. I want to have more compassion. I want to be more kind and humility, gentleness, patience. I want to love and forgive. I think it's so important. And I think it's very important for all of us to take a look at these and see what we can learn from this. What are areas in our lives that we need to find change that we need to work on? Some of these things might be hard for you. Some of them might come easy. Um, each of us vary in, in what, you know, comes naturally to us and others that require a little bit more work. Maybe you're more of a patient person. Some of you may struggle with patience. Maybe kindness comes naturally to you. Others, it may be difficult. The first thing that comes out of your mind or your mouth is, you know, hurtful things instead of kind things. Maybe you deal with compassion, whatever it may be, but I would encourage you to take these things, examine them, and see, you know, how God can speak to you through these different areas. Make a goal. I think it's important to, you know, when you're making a resolution, when you're examining 2021 and how you want to approach it, what perspective you want to have, what are some things that you want to see change, what are the challenges that are approaching you in 2021, you know, if those things include, you know, eating better, working out, um, you know, a better attitude at work, working on relationships. I think that's important, but I also think it's as equally important to take this example from Paul and see which areas of those can we look at. 
make a goal, set one out for yourself. I think they're all important to evaluate and to examine in our lives. And the good news is, is it doesn't mean that all of these have to be complete in 2021. We have a lifetime to complete these. All that God asks us to do is to work on these, to work harder at bettering ourselves. But I would encourage you, just like I did a couple years ago, you know, with being thankful, what are one of these areas that you struggle with? And on top of whatever other goals you have set for yourself, what is something that you can, you know, work on in these areas? And I'll, I'll read them again. Compassion, kindness, forgiveness, humility, gentleness, patience, and thankfulness. Make a goal for yourself. What is an area in 2021 that you can really work towards um, completing one of these areas, working harder on focusing on these areas? And it's going to draw you closer to God. It's going to help you build that connection to better yourself. And it's also freeing. I can tell you when I took that time to really be intentional about being thankful for things around me, especially the frustrating moments, it really took a load off of my shoulders when instead of my first reaction being negativity and just being frustrated with things like a full refrigerator, it helped me to really be thankful and see things, um, you know, for it, especially in this year. I mean, 2020 was a crazy year. And so taking it from trying to find things to be thankful for in the midst of a pandemic was difficult, but it definitely helped pull me through that year. So I would just encourage you because there will always be the next crazy thing. Hopefully there will not be any more pandemics and we won't have to worry about that anymore, but there's always going to be something crazy that's going to happen. There's always going to be that news story that breaks out. There's always going to be something that's out of our control, but what we can control is these things that God is asking us to better ourselves on things that we can obtain things, goals that we can set for ourselves that we can work on despite the craziness that's all around us. So as we close out of this time, I would just encourage you take some time, pray about it. Ask God, what is something that he wants to do through you and in you in 2021? Don't just let it be about your goals and the things that you personally see for yourself, but ask him, how can you help me grow this year? How can I, you know, change this year? What are some areas that maybe I don't see in my life that need to be developed, things that need to be examined, things that I need to just kind of take a look at and, and make some changes in my life. So I would encourage you, if anything, for 2021, make sure to not just make it about your personal goals, but also to take some time in prayer and in thought and ask God what he wants to do through you in this upcoming year. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, I just thank you so much that despite the crazy world um, that's around us and this crazy year that we're coming out of, that you have always been with us, that we've, um, that we haven't lost you, that you were beside us in the hard times and the times when we had to shelter in place, when we had to separate from our friends and family, when the world seemed dark and empty, you were always there shining a light for us. God, I pray that as we continue on in this new year, that we'll put you first, that we'll um, examine our hearts and our lives and that you will help us to see areas that you want us to grow, things that we can change. If we need to be more compassionate, more kind, if there's forgiveness that we need to seek out, if there 
Um, you know, maybe we need to be more thankful for the things around us. God, I pray that you'll just help us to see. I pray that 2021 will be a year of growth, a year for us to become stronger um, in you and a year for us to be stronger together. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you um, again that you're just always with us, that we're never alone because we can always count on you. I pray that you will just help us to stay focused on what you have for us. And even though some of 2020 follows us into this new year, that it's not a surprise to you that you have a plan, you have a purpose, and that we can always rely and count on you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.